This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we unjumble an important and sometimes under the radar statewide issue that affects you. And, you know, we're coming up on 2021 pretty quick now, although it feels like it can't get here soon enough. Uh, But one thing that we haven't talked enough about looking forward to the next year is the Michigan Supreme Court. It's maybe one of the biggest stories in Michigan politics in recent decades that, again, uh, not a lot of people talking about it right now. Which is kind of surprising, yet kind of not. Because when we think about it, we have so many very blatantly political stories coming out of this year. There was everything going on with the election. There's been everything going on with the state legislature. But the Michigan Supreme Court has tended to be fairly quiet. Uh, And this is a race that I think a lot of people might not even have known was political. These are candidates that were nominated by different political parties, even though they appear on the nonpartisan section of the ballot. And if we listen to a little jingle that Chief Justice Bridget McCormick and now incoming Justice Elizabeth Welch put together, it kind of you, you kind of see how maybe something like this could really help propel them to uh, to win the race. McCormick and Welch, not a spice nor a jam. These judges you'll find under nonpartisan. What that really illustrates is that they were running as a ticket. And some people might wonder, hey, why would nonpartisan judges run as a ticket? Well, because uh, McCormick and Welsh were both nominated by Democrats, which is I'm just going to come out and say it's a weird way that we do that here in Michigan, where (laughs) the parties nominate these judges. But uh, we don't tell voters on the ballot which party nominated them. Uh, Pretty controversial, but that's an episode for another day. And I think that it's really interesting to think about considering the fact that the court, as it stands right now, has a very slim one vote conservative leaning that a majority that were uh, nominated by Republicans and that will change in 2021. And that is a huge difference. Absolutely. And now if you talk to some of the justices, they will tell you that, look, you know, I don't vote a certain way just because I'm a Democrat or just because I'm a Republican. But really, when you talk to, you know, maybe some other folks that study the Supreme Court, they will tell you that, you know, what party nominates them does matter because it comes down to those ideological ideas that are kind of grounded in whether or not they're a Republican or a Democrat. The cases that they're getting, they're not black and white. That's why they're coming in front of the Supreme Court. These are cases that could be interpreted multiple ways. And when it comes down to it, their ideology is going to play a role in how they come out on these controversial cases. And consider a recent case that had huge implications. Uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer being sued by the Republican legislature, saying that she should not have the powers to put in place really strict COVID restrictions to try to flatten the curve when cases were soaring in the spring and, and throughout this year. The Supreme Court came down with what you would call a partisan split. The majority that were uh, nominated by Republicans sided with the legislature, whereas the justices that were nominated by Democrats sided with the governor. And in, because they had fewer votes, it was the legislature that won and the governor no longer had those powers, at least not under the laws that she was using. So that was a huge example of how this can break down by party lines. So who knows with another year coming in with big cases in front of the court, uh, how that might play out. (music) 
So Shayna, it has been a crazy year. I, it sounds so <laughs> redundant and unnecessary to even say that at this point. But um, I mean, it really, I mean, just thinking about it, uh, you know, let's, I, I was thinking maybe we would talk just a little bit about what it's like, it's been like for us, you know, just personally, as we've been covering these issues for, for the podcast and for our other jobs. But first, you've got some huge personal news that we need to share uh, with the audience, uh, you know, fill people in here. I do. I am very uh, sad, but also incredibly excited. Uh, I am no longer working at MLive, and in a few days, I will actually be starting at Slate. I am getting back into audio. I have accepted a position to be a producer for another podcast called The Gist, and it's a great show. I'm very excited. The host, Mike Pesca, is is quite an quite a character. I'm I'm very excited to work with him and the rest of the team uh, on this show. It's it's kind of a an interesting format, you know, he he does uh, some chatting at the beginning, he does really interesting interviews, and then he kind of waxes poetically at the end about whatever's going on in the world. So I'm hoping people tune into that. But yeah, so that's, that's going to be starting up here pretty, pretty soon. And I'm I'm excited to do what you've been doing for years, man. I'm, I'm going to produce a show. Jake's got to give me some tips here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, I uh, you don't need any tips from me, but uh, I will second that as someone with no skin in the game, really. Uh, it is a really cool podcast. And I really do think, you know, if, if you like what we do here on Mishmash, I mean, it means that you're curious about current events, things happening in the world and uh, all those things and, and are interested in it in a way that is not just, you know, sort of mundane and, uh, you know, and, and it, it, you want to hear about it in a way that's really engaging and enlightening and uh definitely the gist uh is is doing that and i'm really excited for you to to go work on that and uh, we should say that uh in the meantime uh, mishmash isn't going anywhere uh we we will still be doing this as long as we possibly can yeah yeah i mean you know we're still kind of working out some details and jake and i are going to be taking a break for the rest of the year but hopefully we will be back uh next year there is no shortage of michigan politics to cover uh, and speaking of which, Jake, let's do just kind of a quick rundown before we get to some of the the personal stuff. But like, let's just kind of talk about just what a crazy year this has been to cover. I mean, you cover I, I ended up focusing quite a bit on the environment as well as COVID. You have covered pretty much everything with Detroit Today and with Stephen Henderson. I guess what are some of the things that were really surprising to you about this year, aside from the fact that, you know, we just happened to have this this global pandemic? That was surprising. That was definitely surprising. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, I mean, man, every day has been uh, extremely surprising in one way or another. Um, I think maybe what for me the journey was, uh, you know, and it will probably be informative to how I think about the way the whole world works going forward. You know, when 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 it first happened, when the year started really uh, when when the pandemic really started soaring here in Michigan, there was a small amount of time where it looked like we we had this opportunity to really come together in a productive way, maybe put politics aside a little bit, uh, do what was good for all of us to try to get through it and um band together and adapt this we're all in it together attitude and and all that. And it was really the the part that was sad for me was that it was so short lived, right? That um, it didn't take very long for it to become political, which uh, really set us back, in my opinion. I mean, it made the whole year so much harder. 
Um, and and that that touched everything that we talked about, both on the show that I produced, Detroit Today with Stephen Henderson on, on WDET, but also, you know, Mishmash, obviously, and, and, and everything. I mean, it was um, it, it felt like we were in a moment where we really needed sort of uh, companionship when we couldn't see each other, uh, you know, that we needed um, to this feeling of solidarity. And it just it was just gone uh, after a couple of weeks of, of sort of uh, what turned out to be kind of empty gestures. And I think that's my biggest uh, regret, not personally, but biggest regret uh, about the world and the way that this went down is it could have been so much better in so many ways. Um, and uh, and, and uh, I think that that is one of the things that, that made uh, even covering the news so hard, too, is that, look, you know, it wasn't just about the facts. It wasn't just about getting the facts out there. It was about making sure that our listeners were not hearing disinformation and misinformation and thinking that it was legitimate uh, because so many people are now jumping on that uh, bandwagon now, which just makes our jobs twice as hard. Yeah, I mean, I just there is probably at least five times a week where I just marvel at how different things are now than they were, like, say, in April. And while they're kind of the same, but also very different because, I mean, I just, honestly, okay, a lot of times I think about the Gail Gadot like Twitter video where she had a bunch of celebrities sing Imagine. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, where it seemed like, like you said, you know, it seemed like, oh, yeah, we're all in this together. And it's just kind of like, where did that go? Mm -hmm. You know, we're just, we, we got so focused on, I want to return to normal and I want everything to be normal that we, we kind of tried to forget that, you know, we're still in this global pandemic. And I think that has been really difficult as somebody who, you know, is is still very much taking precautions and doesn't leave the house very often. You know, it, it gets a little bit difficult and frustrating when you see people, um, you know, not really following uh, COVID protocols or, or, you know, even in, in like a bigger sense, just, just not really having that sense of community that we once had. It's just, it's very interesting how, how quickly people, it's very interesting how we can't seem to sustain things for very long. And I think Mm -hmm. that's also sort of part of what happened there is, you know, you had this big push for it at a time when we couldn't imagine that almost a year later this would still be going on and i think we all just kind of got fatigue and like i get that it's it's difficult to sustain anything um let alone you know not seeing family uh you know not going out to eat as much as you would like or you know not having big gatherings and right it's just it's been a lot of I think for me, one of the things I've had to learn is to just try to not judge situations and people too quickly and too harshly um, because it was really easy for me to see something going on and being like, well, this is just <laughs> this is why we're still at home. But, really, right. you know, like it's it, everybody's got to make uh, personal decisions and you hope that they all make the right decisions and that they are considerate of other people. Um but yeah, I think it's we just we got to give everybody a little bit of a grace because, you know, eight, nine year, months later, it's this is hard. This has just been a very hard year. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, we've heard from people who have noted that just humans are not built for this kind of sustained crisis that, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
that our our brains are not wired to be able to 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 do this for so long and especially because we're such social animals you know convincing people to stay away from each other and not go out and be together and socialize i mean it really does i mean i think it you know i will say that it is um it is hard for people and and it's not just hard because there's necessarily a, a lack of, of morality associated with it or or ignorance or things like that 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 um it is for a lot of human beings just because we're human beings um that's that's how we're wired is to uh, is to be together. Uh, but I will say that, you know, that is also not an excuse to mm-hmm. just throw it all out and do things that are reckless. And, you know, um, and it also goes, uh, you know, into media and how we're, we're handling this, too. Um, you know, that that we have to be really careful uh, to make sure that that uh, we're very clear about what is science, what is not science, mm-hmm. what is fact, what is not fact. And another thing I noted, uh, I, I tweeted this recently, too, that I think has been a challenge for reporters is, you know, we feel like we need to keep convincing people how serious this is and for good reason because some people still are not taking this seriously but uh for people who are taking it seriously it's been traumatizing to hear uh over and over and over some of the the horrors of this pandemic uh you know you can't escape it you know we we you know me my family we have been very very careful uh and there's no convincing that we don't need any convincing how serious this is we've known people who have died um because of this uh and and uh, one of the one of the issues for me personally is that uh it is emotionally crippling sometimes mm-hmm to be reminded over and over again. And I'm, I'm not saying this because, I mean, it's obviously, you know, uh, my, my personal, uh, um, uh, state is, is not as important as making sure that people stay alive. But I will say that, um, you know, sort of this balance, uh, balancing act in media of making sure that people know how serious this is. Um, but also making sure that, uh, it is not, you know, not, not super traumatic for people, uh, you know, I think that that is hard and I don't know, I don't know if there's an answer to that yet, but, um, hopefully, uh, you know, again, we've got vaccines on the way. There's some hopeful things to report now. We've got, uh, some, some, uh, good news, uh, to, to report. So hopefully that will help, um, you know, in 2021, especially, uh, make it, make it so that, uh, people are feeling a little light at the end of the tunnel. Well, and I think that there will be some, and I'm hopeful that there will be opportunities for growth and maybe some good things to come out of this. Uh, for example, I feel like in a lot of cases, the media has really stepped up when it comes to reporting on the pandemic. I think that, you know, it's gotten better at being of not being so concerned with having to both sides everything, particularly when it comes to science. Um, And I think it's gotten more nimble. You know, we are learning how to be able to work from anywhere. Um, And that can really, I mean, if, if, if outlets embrace that, that can be really great. I mean, you know, there are a lot of major publications that thousands of people read who could benefit from having reporters in different states, you know, sort of scattered across the world. I think that's that can be really could be a really good uh, thing that could come out of this. Um, you know, just the fact that we all 
have proven <laughs> that we can not just re- reporters, but lots and lots of other jobs can be done from home or from anywhere. So I think that'll be good. But I do think that, you know, there there's once, you know, the vaccine is distributed and, you know, herd immunity is able to kick in and, and we see the numbers go down. I don't think that the pandemic will be over. I think there is going to be a lot of side effects from all of this. I think that we are going to see people struggling with mental health for a very long time. I know I've struggled with my mental health, not, you know, I took the, you know, there's, there's the normal mental health that can come with having a baby. And then you Mm -hmm. sort of combine that with, you know, being, being stuck in the house, being isolated from people. It's been really difficult. And, you know, I, I daily worry about my daughter and how this is going to impact her in the long term. And I'm sure I'm not, I know I'm not the only parent who worries, you know, what does, uh, what is the impact going to be of having my kid only see X number of people for almost a year mm-hmm. going going to do? Um, right before this, we were talking about my son who has to have dedicated social time via video chat with his classmates yeah. in kindergarten because, you know, otherwise he wouldn't even know who's in his class of, of the 20 some kids. You know, it's uh, that's in, in kindergarten's all about so, uh, socializing, as, as we were talking about earlier. It's, uh, you know, who knows what the long term effects are going to be from that. Yeah. And I mean, and these are just, you know some of the examples of of the ripple effects that are likely going to be had. I mean, there are people who may never get their jobs back. There are industries that might not be able to recover from this. Uh, You know, who knows what's going to happen with our economy. Uh, But it is good that we are having this podcast at (laughs) the end of the year and there is a vaccine. There is some light at the end of the tunnel, like you said. I don't know if I would have been able to handle it if we were talking and we were like, <laughs> still no vaccine, still don't know what's going to happen. And right. I mean, it's, it's you know, the distribution, everything is still going to take quite a long time. Uh, but, you know, I... Yeah, I mean, this is just when you said, hey, let's let's talk about <laughs> this year for the podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, no, that'll be, you know, like we've done that before. But, you know, now that we're talking about it, just trying to figure out how to put 2020 into some sort of non-jarbled, <laughs> coherent statement is right. so difficult. This we haven't even been... talked about the p- political shenanigans that's no. been going on. I mean, layer that on top of all this, you know, it's like, how do you, how do we get through all this? We <laughs> haven't I mean, really. Yeah, no. And I mean, like, I don't know that we can. I wonder if it wouldn't be best to just maybe find some joy. Hmm. What are a couple of things that have happened this year that you are happy about that, you know, like, let's it's okay to sometimes be happy and excited yeah. about some stuff. So what are some things that have happened that that are good for you? And what are some things that you're excited about? So, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me, I, I'll say it. I mean, it's it's a silver lining from the pandemic. And it's exactly what I just said as sort of a negative is also a weird positive. Um, you know, I've I've had to juggle my job and, and everything with uh, also uh, making sure that my son, who's five, is uh, in his kindergarten, uh, you know, virtually every day. And I really 
really, we have to sit with him to make sure that he's he's on track and doing what he needs to do. And in some ways, that's one of the most wonderful things that's happened to me as a parent so far. Um, you know, I don't think I'll ever have this sort of connection with him and his education as I do right now and, and, and laying the foundation for learning, getting him excited about the things we're learning, learning together. Um, you know, those sorts of things. I mean, it's been such a challenge, but it's also been so wonderful. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I'll be happy when he gets to go back safely, uh, to his school. But, um, you know, I'll also really cherish this also the silver linings of like, you know, having to do a birthday party without people in person was, was, was such a horrible thought at first, but, since it happened and it was so great, um, you know, and, and all the holidays and things like that, the same thing, I think we'll remember those things more than we would have if we had it our way and we were all together doing, you know, things in person. I think we'll remember the, the, we'll, we'll have so many wonderful memories from this year just because of how different it was and how creative we had to be, um, you know, in, you know, doing uh, Halloween uh, candy egg hunts in the backyard and getting it all like uh, decked out and, and um, you know, decorated and things like that and super spooky and, and awesome. Like that was cool. You know, we'll, we'll always remember that. Uh, and, and it was different this year than it otherwise would have been. So, you know, as a parent with young kids, it's actually been wonderful. So in, in many ways, uh, as, as horrible as it has been in other ways. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I will absolutely second that. Uh, as difficult as it has been having our, you know, newborn now, basically a toddler. I don't know. She's eight months old, but she's <laughs> she's doing so much. I mean, you know, we've been there for every single moment, which has been really great. And, and I've absolutely loved it. Um, you know, I haven't loved every moment of it because it gets, like you said, it gets mm-hmm. very difficult. But I mean, this has been a very unique opportunity for us to grow as a family and to really become bonded. Uh, but another just sort of random thing is I became so much more conscious of small businesses because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I became really just really wanting to find better ways to spend my money. And, you know, I, 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 you know, whenever we would get takeout or something, I was always trying to be like, okay, what are some, some new places that we haven't tried that, you Mm -hmm. know, aren't a chain or that, you know, I'm really focused on trying to get presents from, from places on Etsy and, and, you know, different local businesses around here. You know, I've just, I haven't always succeeded. I mean, Amazon still has that two day (laughs) shipping, right? but I've, you know, (laughs) but I've really tried. And, you know, I think that has been something that I do want to kind of continue to do on the other side of this. If nothing else, it's made me really realize by not being able to be out amongst all of these unique, interesting small businesses, uh, how how much joy they give people and how central mm-hmm. they are to the culture of my community. And I want to make sure that they stay afloat. Um, so that's something that I think I will will carry into 21, 2021 and beyond. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, I, I, I want to just mention again that, uh, you know, if you have been listening to Mishmash, want to thank you so much throughout yes. this year. This has been our first full year as a podcast podcast. Yes. Uh, we've been doing the uh, seg- the, uh, the radio uh, version of this for probably three years now, At Shana, least. something like that. I um, think it's closer it, to four. But something yeah. like, yeah. Uh, but but as a, as a full-fledged podcast, this is really our first full year. It's been wonderful. 
people, uh, seeing the response and seeing, you know, the, the thousands of people who are listening, which is just wonderful. Uh, and, uh, you know, and we will continue to do this. Uh, you know, you can always subscribe to this if you haven't already and keep listening. Um, you know, we really appreciate you. You're one of the reasons that we've gotten through this year as, as well as we have. And, uh, we hope that, uh, we can be there for you in 2021 as well. Yes. And we have to go now because my daughter is trying to jailbreak from her crib. Yeah. And I've got an intern interview. So let's uh, <laughs> I'm late, late to that bad first impression on, on the boss's part. Um, thanks again, Shana. And uh, have a wonderful new year. All right, Jake. You know, you and I are going to be chatting from now until the holidays. But thank you to everybody for listening. Mm-hmm.